Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Poole Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about the lunar eclipse taking place in the zodiac sign of Libra on March 25th. But before I do, did you know that you can connect with me every week on Astrology Hub's inner circle? Go to astrologyhub.com slash more Christopher to get access to exclusive episodes that are done every week. Now, let's go ahead and talk about that lunar eclipse taking place in the zodiac sign of Libra. First of all, what is a lunar eclipse? Well, we have solar eclipses and we have lunar eclipses. Solar eclipses is when the moon passes in front of the sun and blocks its light from the sky. Uh, this, if they are observed, can be very uh, dramatic. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the lights just go out and, and you could be in the middle of the day and it's plunged into darkness. A lunar eclipse takes place during a full moon, when the moon is opposite the sun, and so the moon at night is full and it's at its most luminous. However, during a lunar eclipse, the earth passes between the sun and the moon, casting its shadow on the moon, and therefore the light of the moon disappears from the sky. So eclipses back in the day, and when I say back in the day, like 2,500 years ago, Eclipses were seen as being very frightening portents because all of a sudden the lights were out in heaven. The moon, if it was a visible solar eclipse, moved in front of the sun, blocking its rays, bringing a chill and plunging everything into darkness. And the moon at night, if it was full, with the shadow of the earth uh, covering its face, also turned dark in the middle of the night. And so these were seen as being very ominous and frightening events. To this day, they still carry a very powerful impact. And traditionally, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but just to traditionally break down uh, what each eclipse ruled over, a solar eclipse, it if it was particularly impactful or dramatic, that would rule over the overthrow of a head of state. Um, it might mean the death of a very famous person, or it might mean a revolt or a revolution or an invasion. Okay, so in other words, a king or an emperor might suddenly be overthrown, uh, their, their light cast down, and that, those were always associated with solar eclipses. These would be uh, politicians, head of states, even celebrities. So a lunar eclipse with the shadow of the earth falling across the face of the moon, where the sun was always associated to royalty or to fame, people with public recognition, the moon, the moon was always associated to the body politic. What's the body politic? The body politic is us, we, the people, we, the citizens. And so if the moon's light was obscured in a particularly dramatic or impactful way, it might mean a famine, it might mean a drought, things happening to the land, because the moon ruled over the land and also our bodies. 
So it could mean a shadow falling across the land in the form of a drought or a pestilence or an economic depression. So these were the things that were associated to a lunar eclipse. Now, I don't want you to all of a sudden be shaking in your boots as to the up and coming lunar eclipse, like, oh my goodness, what do we have to choose from? The overthrow of a head of state or pestilence across the land? No, no, it's not like that. Lunar and solar eclipses take place pretty much twice a year, and not all of them are impactful. Not all of them are going to have such a negative repercussion. And indeed, if I might say, the upcoming lunar eclipse I think is going to have more of a constructive or a positive effect on all of us. It's going to have a positive or constructive effect because it's not going to do as much damage as it could have done, okay? The Greeks who really developed the astrology that we practice here in the West had a marvelous sense of irony, and they would see as being a good thing or a plus in the plus column, something which could have been disastrous or catastrophic, not being as disastrous or not being as catastrophic, as opposed to full-on disaster or full-on catastrophe. Okay, so this lunar eclipse that's coming up it's not going to have a devastating or a negative effect. It's still going to have the effect of an eclipse. What eclipses do is that they change or alter the course of our life. If they impact an, a planet in your chart, and when you're looking at an eclipse, and, and for instance, this one will be taking place at five degrees Libra, this is going to impact anyone with a planet in cardinal signs at five degrees. Okay, so it's going to impact you if you're five degrees Aries, five degrees Cancer, five degrees Libra, or five degrees Capricorn. All right, and eclipses, and I really like to follow the rule of CEO Carter from England on this. He was the uh, president of the London Astrological Lodge back in the day. I think it was like the 20s and 30s. Maybe, uh, 30s, I'm feeling more secure about. He applied a rule that an eclipse had to be within about two to three degrees to be very, very powerful. Again, that doesn't mean that if you're two to three degrees of this particular eclipse with those degrees that I just listed, five Aries, five Cancer, five Libra, five Capricorn, and what you want to do is add or subtract two to three degrees on either side. That doesn't mean it's going to be catastrophic or difficult. It does mean it's going to be impactful, okay? It's going to have an impact on where you're going in your life. So what does a lunar eclipse rule over in terms of being impactful as to where you're going in your life? And why is this not going to be as difficult or catastrophic as previously mentioned? Here's why. The lunar eclipses deal with how far you've come. It is the nature of the moon to rule over memory, to rule over the past. And so it's the nature of the moon to look backward. And so when we're dealing with a lunar eclipse, as opposed to a solar eclipse, which is always forward directing, think of a solar eclipse looking through your windshield and driving, uh, a lunar eclipse if you're in a car, let's work with the car metaphor some more, a lunar eclipse, you're looking in the rear view mirror and you're seeing uh, the road behind you. 
or you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're watching as you back up into a parking space, or you're looking in a rearview mirror to see who banged on your trunk. And so you can be like, you kids, you know, so so it's it's looking in the rearview mirror. It's looking at the road that you have already traveled. Okay, this is the first thing you want to think about with a lunar eclipse. The other thing that you want to do is that you want to ask yourself a question. It's a very simple question. Um, and it's a question I often ask during a lunar eclipse when I'm sort of like checking out the different areas of my life. The question that you want to ask when you're dealing with a lunar eclipse is very simply put, am I on shaky ground? That's the question. Am I on shaky ground? Am I on shaky ground in a relationship? Am I on shaky ground in business? Am I on shaky ground with my family? Am I on shaky ground with my dog, which is growling at me over there? You know, am I on shaky ground, okay? Do, do I not feel like I have solid footing in my life? Do I not feel particularly sure or confident about where I am, okay? If you are on shaky ground, then this is the test of the lunar eclipse. Uh, things will either unravel and fall apart if you're on shaky ground, um, or you uh, may feel a little bit tentative about a venture um, and you want to maybe proceed and, and go forward with it, but you're looking for a sign from the universe as to whether this is a good idea to recommit or reinvest or, or, or say, I'm going to carry on with what I've been doing. So what's the time frame that you're asking for with this? Is it, am I on shaky ground versus events uh, that happened yesterday? Or am I on shaky ground with what went down at work last week? No, what you want to ask is, am I on shaky ground? And then you want to look back six months, all right, which is when we had the last eclipses. And you want to look at those dates and you want to ask yourself, what was going on in my life at that time? And so those dates would be, if you look back six months, it's either October 14th, when there was a very dramatic solar eclipse at 21 degrees Libra. And um, that was a very, very powerful one, this October 14th. And then the other date that you want to look uh, back at uh, in your calendar is October 28th. October 28th, when there was a lunar eclipse at five degrees Taurus. And so, again, these might impact people who have their sun, moon, or ascendant at 21 Libra, or any of the signs that square that on the cardinal axis, 21 Aries, 21 Cancer, 21 Libra, 21 Capricorn. Or it may impact you if you have your sun at five degrees Taurus, and then also the three other accompanying signs on the fixed sign axis, and that would be five degrees Taurus five degrees Leo, five degrees Scorpio, five degrees um, Aquarius, all right? Those would be the signs that would be most impacted. I know that's a lot of degrees and astrology that I've hurled at you, but the reason I've done it is because eclipses are so very specific. They have to be within the two to three degrees. And so if your sun, your moon, or your ascendant falls within those degrees and signs that I mentioned, you're going to want to ask, am I on shaky ground? Okay, and am I on shaky ground with things that would be connected to Libra or Scorpio? Libra, 
am I on shaky ground with a relationship? It could be a spousal relationship or a romantic relationship. Am I on shaky ground with a business partnership? Okay, because Libra rules not only marriage, specifically actually marriage, uh, we kind of open it up to, you know, live in partner and, and things like that. But li Libra is pretty much a committed relationship that is legalized. You, you sign a contract. Okay, so, so uh, this would be any sort of relationships that are described by a contract. So it could be a spouse marriage, right? It could be a business partner. You sign a contract when you go into business with one another. It might be someone whom you hold joint property with. And now we're start starting to get into the sort of Scorpio side of it. This might also impact you if you have contractual relationships where you are funding someone. Maybe you co-signed a loan or where someone has backed you, they've co-signed a loan for you. And so this would also fall into that. And then finally, just to sort of round out the idea of the Scorpio being associated with that solar eclipse from six months ago, are there any sort of outstanding debts that have been very particularly uh, cumbersome or difficult? Or have you been having difficulty in trying to collect on money that is owed you? Maybe you're a landlord, maybe you're renting, maybe you're doing a Airbnb, maybe you were supposed to get a rebate or a refund, and you may be having difficulty with collecting these monies that are owed you. So this would be sort of the general idea that I would throw in, just dealing with those two signs. So was there any event that was connected to these ideas uh, that I've shared with you uh, around October 14th, October 28th of 2023. And where are you now vis-a-vis -vis that activity and those dates? In other words, let's say you're in a relationship. Is your relationship on shaky ground? You know, are you having troubles uh, with a spouse? Um, did you, you know, get together then and have things not gone smoothly uh, between the two of you? Uh, and, and so you might be asking, is this relationship worth it? Maybe it's a business that you entered. Maybe you rethought the direction of a business during that period of time and you had to bring in, you know, I don't know, board of directors or partners or associates or, you know, people as part of your co-op. I, I think that was the word I was going, like a food co-op or something like that. Have, have things turned out in the way that they were supposed to turn out? Or are you on iffy ground? Did you uh, Do you feel like you've failed to meet what were projected numbers or profits or whatever? Is there a feeling that you're uh, continually um, paying off uh, debtors or backers, kind of like a, a, a train engineer, you know, shoveling coals into, into the oven? I don't know. I've gone back to 19th century locomotive air, uh, railroads or something, but, you know, where you're, you know, throwing coal into the oven and it's just burning through the money. Um is this what's going on with you? And this is the question that would, you would be asking. The other thing that I just want to suggest, um, and I'm suggesting this because this is a traditional rulership. Um, I am not doing anything more than that because I am not a medical astrologer. I don't know anything about that, but I do know enough astrology to know 
that sometimes with the lunar eclipses, you can have a collapse in the health routine. Um, why am I saying that? Because the moon rules the body. Um, and so there can be, uh, if there's a weak spot in your body or in your health regimen, this might be something that has sort of started uh, last October, and perhaps you're dealing with this, or there may be even a revisit of it in some sort of way. Again, I'm only throwing that out in general. And the only reason I'm throwing it out is because the moon rules the body in astrology. And during a lunar eclipse, you could have um, physical or health issues during that period of time. Why is this or why am I saying that I don't think that this is going to be especially catastrophic or difficult? The reason for this um, is the eclipse ruler. Okay, that sounds like, you know, like the eclipse ruler. Is that like, I don't know, level three of some sort of like computer game? Like you're up against the eclipse ruler. <laughs> no, the, the, an eclipse ruler simply refers to the planet that rules the eclipse. We're in a lunar eclipse, so the emphasis here is on the uh, moon. The moon is in the zodiac sign of Libra, and um, so the moon is ruled by Venus. And so Venus is the eclipse ruler. Is Venus in a difficult situation? You know, it's we're calling Venus, and we're saying, how are you doing, Venus? Are you in dire straits? Or are you lounging in Saint-Tropez? You know, uh, what's up with you, Venus? This is where we're looking to Venus in the sky. And Venus is doing quite well in the sky, <laughs> which is why I would steer away from anything that's too catastrophic or too difficult. Venus is doing quite well in the sky. She is currently in the zodiac sign of Pisces, which is the sign of her exaltation. Exaltation. What does exaltation mean? It means most celebrated. So Venus is moving through the sign of her exaltation, which is Pisces, and she is most celebrated here. Everyone is, huzzah, Venus, throwing flowers to Venus, like presenting Venus with bouquets of flowers and saying, Venus, you look so lovely. And she's like, I do, I love you. So there's air kisses and likes and hearts and all these things abound with Venus going through the zodiac sign of Pisces. Moreover, Venus is forming a sextile. Sextiles and trines are always good in astrology. Uh, we have enough difficult aspects with the squares and the oppositions and sometimes conjunctions, not to mention the semi-sextiles and the quincunxes, that it's nice when we have nice aspects, aspects that are good. Um, and so with Venus forming a sextile to Jupiter, you have the two benefics. Venus is a benefic. Jupiter is a benefic. They're forming a sextile to one another. They're going to help one another <clears throat> to achieve their aims. With Venus forming a sextile to Jupiter, that means, well, they're going to help one another achieve their aims. But there's more still. There's more. I sound like one of those Ginzu knife commercials from the 1970s. There's more sti still. You can julienne uh, carrots and make French fries from potatoes. But anyway, there is more still, which is Jupiter, which is a benefic, is in the zodiac sign of Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus. So Venus not only rules Libra, who's part of the lunar eclipse, but Venus also rules Taurus, where Jupiter is situated. Venus is in what sign again? Pisces, the traditional ruler of 
Pisces is Jupiter. So Venus in Pisces is ruled by Jupiter in Taurus, which is good. And Jupiter in Taurus is ruled by Venus in Pisces, which is good. And they're getting along. So this is why I say I do not expect this um, lunar eclipse to be as catastrophic or as difficult or as challenging as eclipses can want to be. So let's go ahead and talk about the different signs and how they're dealing with these particular energies. Do you ever long for a more magical, connected life? Well, we've got you covered with a free gift called Your Guide to Manifesting with the Moon designed to help you connect with the cosmos on a deeper level and start manifesting the life of your dreams with simple practical practices. You'll learn all about the moon's phases, how the energy changes as she moves through the elements, and how to craft rituals for different times of the month. Intrigued? Just go to astrologyhub.com slash manifest to get started for free today. For Aries, the eclipse is going to affect you in an impactful way. That's because it's a full moon in Libra, which is your opposite sign. And so this is going to impact your relationships. And whenever we're uh, talking about Aries and Libra, we're talking about me and you. Okay, so so this so in all of your me you relationships, uh, this is going to impact it, and this is going to have something to do with what's going on in the life of your partner. Okay, the your the full moon is in your partner sign. It is being eclipsed, so there are difficulties and issues that are going on in your partner's life. Now, many relationships and partnerships, because of what I just mentioned with Libra, will be going through a rough patch during this lunar eclipse. Uh, Libra rules over promises, which may be broken during this time, and Libra rules over agreements, which may be pushed to the limit much further than they should have to have been pushed. As you can imagine, this is not a time for formalizing a relationship because there's difficulty that's going on in the life of the person you're talking to. What's an easier way of putting it? There's difficulty going on with the person who's sitting opposite you on the seesaw. You guys are going up and down on your seesaw, but you can't tell if this person's going to hop off and bolt. All right, so, so that's what I sort of want you to think about. What you do not want to do with someone who is feeling skittish or like they may hop off the seesaw and bolt and leave you crashing down to the bottom happened to me many times in preschool and I still have um, post-traumatic stress syndrome. But anyway, what you don't want to do with someone who's on the fence, with someone who's not sure that they want to be there, which is what's going to be going on with this eclipse energy, you don't want to go and force a fit. You don't want to go and force their hand. And as an Aries, you may feel like, you know, hey, get over it. And this is a good thing. And what I've got uh, in the store and plans is, is really wonderful. Just, just agree. You know, like you don't want to force the person's hand because if you do, you may get a yes now, but you may get a bail later. So what you really want to do is uh, practice patience and tolerance, things that an Aries can always work on. Uh, you can What you want to do is practice patience and tolerance until circumstances improve, which is probably going to be around 
April 19th. Now, I'm not saying you have to hold your breath until April 19th. What I'm saying is you want to be a kinder, gentler Aries until April 19th. And you want to let this person decide if they want to continue to be in the partnership or the relationship with you, or if they even want to enter into an agreement to begin with. In just, I think, under a week following this lunar eclipse, I think it's maybe about a week, um, we're going to have Mercury turning retrograde in Aries. So again, to me as an astrologer, looking at this, this reinforces the idea you don't want to push an agreement or a partnership on someone if you're getting the feeling that they don't want to be there. You want to let them make that decision for themselves. Taurus. Well, we already talked about how the ruler of the eclipse is Venus, and Venus is the ruling planet of Taurus, and that's sounding pretty good. And we already talked about how Venus is in the zodiac sign of Pisces, where it's most celebrated, exalted, beauty queen forever. So that's good. And we talked about Jupiter being the planet of plenty and good fortune and higher purpose being in your sign right now. Hmm. And it's forming a sextile to Venus. That's sounding pretty good. But the part I didn't share with you yet is the mutual reception. Don't you love these astrological mutual reception? It's like, what's that? Mutual reception. A planet in a sign is ruled by a planet in another sign. But the sign that this other planet is in happens to be ruled by the planet in this original sign. That is a mutual reception, meaning that the two planets are going to work to one another's benefit. What's going on in the sky with this is... Uh, really quite positive for Taurus, all right? This could mean good things coming to you through other people. This is always what happens when the benefics are favorably aspecting one another. It can mean good things coming to you through other people. And essentially, um, someone's going to do you a favor. And in doing you a favor, they're also going to get something back for it. You know, this is going to be a good thing. It's kind of a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of thing. Sometimes these can be cast in darker, more nefarious lights, like um, I'm doing you a favor and so you owe me, you know, that that sort of a thing. Or I'm indebted and when are they going to call in that favor? You know, that that sort of a thing. That's not what's going on here. It's more like someone may be making an introduction for you. They may be introducing you to someone you've wanted to meet, all right? And this person may know that you're going to be great together. Uh, maybe this person is introducing you to a date. They know this person that you're just going to really adore. Um, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm tired of dates. I've been ghosted so many times. I'm, I'm not going to do this. And they're like, no, no, no. This person's different. This person's different. And so this person introduces you to someone they know and you hit it off, and the person they introduced you to turns to the person who introduced you and said, how did you know this person? This person is so wonderful. This is so great. Well, you know, I happen to know the right kind of people. Okay, so, so someone introduces you to someone, and this is going to be good for you, but at the same time, you make the person who's introducing you to someone look good. Okay, maybe they introduced you to the boss's daughter, okay, and the boss's daughter's fallen in love with you, you know, or the boss's son, and they've fallen in love with you, you know, and so this looks really good to the boss, you know, so this kind of an exchange of energy, all right, so this is a good thing, all right, but remember, there's always going to be 
a catch when you're dealing with an eclipse energy. Something got eclipsed along the way. And so in this case, it could be something good coming to you, but it might have been to the detriment of somebody else. Okay. Uh, maybe someone else wanted to meet the boss's daughter, you know, and maybe you went to your friend to support this person meeting the boss's daughter. And the person said, no, you wouldn't be a good mix, but you would. And so the person who originally had the idea is like, why did I get to meet the boss's daughter and hit it off? We were meant to be. And you might be like, sorry, you know, awkward type of thing. Okay. So whatever the benefit, it might have occurred to the detriment of someone else. And that's, again, something to look out for. But that's kind of how I see this playing out. But it's not just a nice romantic connection. It's a nice romantic connection that's going to improve your social standing, or it's going to improve your professional standing in some sort of way. What if you are born under the zodiac sign of Gemini? If you're born under the zodiac sign of Gemini, this eclipse on March 25th is going to be a bit of a wake-up call. Now, it's not going to be a wake-up call like a Uranian type of energy, which is like, out of bed, you know, or here's your surprise revelation, your unexpected twist. It's not going to be a wake-up call like that. It's going to be a wake-up call like, oh that kind of wake up call. Okay. So it's not like, you know, oh, you know, my compromise situation last night went viral uh, or nothing like that. It's going to be like, oh, it's going to be more kind of like a Lucy. I love Lucy. Wake, Ricky, you know, one of those types of wake up calls, but I don't think it's going to be really that bad either, but it is a definite wake up call. What's it dealing with? My feeling is that you may have been dealing with a younger sibling, a child, or even a stepchild who's been going through a difficult time for weeks, okay? Maybe you've been trying to help this person out. Maybe you've been trying to get this person to be something that they're not, okay? But it's my feeling is that it's going to be something, someone who's younger than you, like a younger sibling, and connected to you, uh, perhaps per, kind of by blood is more my inkling with this because we're dealing with the moon here and moon deals with the family. And so I'm going with like younger sibling, I'm going with a child, maybe even a stepchild. Um, and so you're trying to help this person out. You're trying to help this person improve uh, in their life and it's not happening. Um, this person just is resisting you or this person is very angry at you or this person feels affronted. You, you may be sort of like in the doghouse with this person that you're trying to help out and your feelings may be hurt and you may be like, you know, I'm just trying to help you out. You know, this is for your own good and your feelings are hurt and you're not feeling respected or acknowledged and maybe you want to be like your little your little so-and-so and, and you're at wit's end. You're, you're, you're at wit's end. You don't, you've gone over the calculations over and over again. Why doesn't this person study? Why doesn't this person pursue these opportunities? Why doesn't this person get their act together? Why doesn't this person realize how good they've got it? You know, these are the things that are going to be rolling through your mind during this period of time. And at the same time, you're going to have a feeling like your interactions with this person are vaguely familiar. <laughs> it's kind of like, I've been in this argument before. Why is it vaguely familiar to me? Why why is it uh, why is the, do I have this sense that I've had this conversation before? 
And the first realization will be that this person is acting a lot like the way you did when you were this person's age. That will be the first shoe that drops, okay? It will be like, oh, you know, and it might come out with like, you don't know when I was your age, I didn't have it as good as you did. You know, this person's acting like me when I was that age. And then comes the big realization, I'm acting like my mother, all right? <laughs> so this is the, wow, this is the slam dunk moment, which is like, oh my goodness, I sound like my mother. Why do you sound like your mother? Because it's a lunar eclipse. It's a flashback to an earlier time in your life uh, with the parent who's represented by the moon, which is the mother. And so you might be all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, this is what my mother sounded like. Have I become my mother? You know, And this is the realization that comes through. It's a sort of dawning realization that comes from this lunar eclipse. And what you may see in that moment is two things. The first thing that you may see is how your protectiveness um, and how you're nurturing, um, because you're you're doing this for good reasons. You know, you want to make sure that this person becomes the best they can be, that they feel supported, all these things. Um, how it's actually not fitting with the person that you're talking to, that instead of being encouraging, it's judgmental that instead of being supportive, it's inhibiting, all right? Um, and so this is that moment that lunar eclipses can bring. It's not a clouds parting thing. It's an inner, you know, through memory realization that, um, wow, okay, I sound just like my mom. And then maybe even in that moment, boy, was I really difficult with her. Kind of an appreciation for your mother's position back in the day when she was on the other side of this dialogue with you and you were the younger person. And I think it's going to be in that moment that you might experience a gentle smile and even a chuckle at the realization. And by understanding that, that will lead you to maybe back off, give this person some space and actually be encouraging in the way that you legitimately uh, or genuinely want to be encouraging. Now, let's say you're born under the zodiac sign of cancer. Cancer is ruled by the moon. The eclipses, which involve the sun and the moon, always impact the luminaries. The luminaries are either the sun or the moon. So these two signs, Cancer and Leo, are going to be as powerfully impacted by an eclipse as, for instance, a Mercury ruled sign, let's say you're born under Gemini or Virgo, would be impacted by Mercury turning retrograde, regardless of the sign it's turning retrograde in. So as a Cancer, what I feel going on with this lunar energy in Libra is that you may be involved in a negotiation right now. You're negotiating with another party. And at first you may be feeling like you're on iffy ground, you know, or you're on a slippery slope. Again, think back to six months ago. Um, and so you may be negotiating and feeling a kind of like, you know, like, like natural backing off or reticence as a cancer. But at the same time, because the sun is in Aries and it's also squaring you as a cancer, you may be feeling like this is the time to really speak by truth. 
This is the time to be aggressive. This is a time to push for what I want. And so you may be caught between this like push and this sort of like um, stand back and hold back. And so it might be hard for you to judge um, how you're negotiating, but you clearly know that you're negotiating aggressively and with a bit of a, a tinge of fear and anxiety because this is more aggressive than you typically are. But what I want to point out is it's not like the person who's sitting opposite you um, at this negotiating table is a shrinking violet, all right? Uh, they're playing for keeps too. They're just as serious about winning as much for their side as you are in winning for yours. So that's my way as an astrologer as saying, don't worry so much about pushing and coming across more aggressively than you're used to. Um, count those apologies that you want to make and try to not make them as you're pursuing this aggression. Be sensitive, of course, but don't start apologizing or giggling nervously. You know, you want to stay focused because you're playing for keeps and so is the other person. Um but the key to your success is not going to be bringing them to heal any more than it's going to be agreeing to everything that they want and appeasing them, okay? It's, it's going to be neither of those. You have to find the balance within the Aries-Libra eclipse. Aries and Libra, you know, one thinks of the balance with Libra, but with an eclipse, the energy has been severed for a period of time, okay? And so each of these participating signs are actually a shadow uh, has moved between them so they don't see each other. And you have to fumble around in the dark for something else, something that's going to be a compromise between in your face Aries and laissez-faire or Libra. Okay. And so what you want to do is realize that the person's going to be just as intractable as you, and that this is a good thing, you know, in a weird sort of Aries Mars way, this shows that, you know, th this is signaling to the other person that you're tough, you're made of the right stuff. And so they're going to respect you. You know, Mars has this thing of like, they're only buddies with people that they fight with, you know, and then afterwards, they're like, you know, that was some tussle. So there's a sort of Mars element here because of the Aries involvement in the eclipse. But what you're looking for here is in finding the right fit. Okay, not forcing a fit. That was some of the message that I was giving to Aries earlier, but finding the right fit. And this is done through the beauty of Cancer. Cancer the crab has this unique ability to sort of suss out um, the ground that it's traveling over. It, it puts out its feelers, literally, you know, and, and, and it moves in the dark. You know, it moves without having to see things. It senses things. And this is what's going to be very um, powerful uh, for you is that you're going to, if you lead with your sensitivity, I don't want to say psychic because I don't want you to be like, you know, Seth speak psychic, you know, but a sensitivity, a sixth sense for how you can read the mood. You know how people can read the room? Cancers can read the mood. So your reading of the mood is going to be very strong right now. And, and the thing is what you want to 
go for is a compromise. This is the virtue of, of Libra. Libra is a big believer in compromises. And compromises are made and successful when both parties leave the table feeling like they won something and they lost something at the same time. Apply this to a negotiation that you're involved in right now, and you will see it eventually succeed. Leo. The zodiac sign of Leo naturally sextiles the zodiac sign of Libra. And so there is a natural affinity that exists between the sun and Libra. What may be going on with you with this lunar eclipse in Libra is, you know how they say that success changes a person? Um, they even say that success spoils a person, you know? Um, and so this might be what you're experiencing right now, this feeling that success has spoiled. And maybe the people around you are saying, oh, you've become spoiled by your success. Success has spoiled you. But what you might start to figure out under this eclipse is that you're being told this by people who have changed as a result of your success. As a Leo, you may be experiencing success right now hard won and hard earned. And so there may be talk that success has spoiled you, success has changed you. What often isn't talked about, <clears throat> and this is what you always want to do with eclipses involving air signs, you want to touch base with the people around you in your life. And in truth, what might be going on is that your success or your accomplishment or your achievement has changed the people around you. Okay, um, I think this is called crab in the bottom of the basket syndrome. In other words, um, if, if you're feeling progress, the people who were uh, sort of uh, uh, empathizing or identifying with, with you, you going through a rough time or a difficult time or, or were the oppressed together, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, success smiles on you and you begin to experience, you know, a rise in status and progress. Um, it's called bottom, bottom of the crab basket syndrome or something, <clears throat> because if a crab tries to get out of, the other crabs will grab it and pull it down. One would think this is supposed to go with cancer, but no, this is the image I want to use with Leo. Success may have changed your status in a way that others who used to um, commiserate with you or others who used to admire you now envy you. They don't like what you're becoming. That's what they're going to say to you. They're going to say, I don't like what you're becoming. What it's more reflective of is they don't like being left by you. They don't like being abandoned by you. There is an anxiety that they're no longer going to be good enough, you know, to be in your company. This can be like, you know, you go from a worker to a supervisor position or somehow your status has been elevated in a way. Now, this might not be apparent to you at first. Uh, the reason it might not be apparent to you at first is Leo's really long for people's approval and smiles and pats on the back and hugs and gestures of affection. And so um, Leo's can be a little slow when it comes to realizing that someone might not have your best interests at heart, or, or they can be slow to realize like maybe the loyalty isn't so loyal. And so during this time when the moon is eclipsed, it is shadowed, this might be a time 
for you to ask yourself in a quiet moment, what are you getting out of some of these associations? What are you getting out of some of these friendships? And I want to say to you, it's not a crime, it's not a sin to jettison, to delete um, naysayers, moochers, or hangers on in your life. And the reason I'm saying this is sometimes when, when Leos are experiencing a, a success or an accomplishment, there's a kind of guilt for that. Um, don't. <laughs> it's actually a time to ask yourself, who's in my corner and who's on my side? Okay. If you've got friends who are like applauding your success and they're all for it, these are the keepers. If you have ones who are, who are kind of like finding things to bring you down, you know, that crab claw that's pulling you down back into the basket so that you end up at the restaurant with the rest of us. You know, it's, it's if, if that's what's going on, you have full permission to jettison these people from your lives because friendship should not be one-sided, um, especially when you as a Leo give as much as you do from the heart. Virgo. The lunar eclipse on March 25th is going to be very frustrating for you. This shows an agreement unraveling faster than you can stitch it back together. Um, this is going to be very challenging for you because Virgos pride themselves on salvaging unsalvageable situations. Okay, if something is unraveling or it's falling apart, you will commit yourself 150% to salvaging that situation, to figuring out how to glue back together the pieces. I mean, basically, if anyone can put Humpty Dumpty back together again, it's going to be a Virgo. So this is something in which um, the situation, it, it, it's an agreement. It's not just a generic situation. It's an agreement. It's an agreement you have with someone else. It may be a romantic agreement, a friendship agreement, a professional agreement, but an agreement is unraveling. So now you're going to jump through the hoops and do what you can to get that person back on your side again, to make things good in the agreement. And this may even be, um, you know, you may even be sort of uh, figuring out what you can sacrifice on your end, you know, to make this work. Remember how earlier when I was talking about the zodiac sign of Libra and the sorts of relationships and associations that Libra really governs? The sorts of relationships and associations that Libra governs are contractual, okay? Pretty much specifically, okay? So the lease has been signed. The contract has been approved. The sale has gone through. There is paperwork. And so when you're going through something like this, you're trying to salvage an agreement and it's unraveling. The idea is you're actually probably trying to solve an agreement that was formalized in some way. And that's why you want to start going through the paperwork. You want to go through the chain of emails. You want to go through the text exchanges in which this agreement and the terms were being discussed. Because if you don't, you could be left holding the bag or you could be left in debt. So maybe you were hired to write something and they decided not to go with you. Was there a kill fee that was put into it? Okay, that's something that would be in a contract or an agreement. Is there a penalty that would be levied on the other side for not honoring their part of the bargain or a forfeited deposit? 
you know, the person made a deposit and they didn't come through or whatever? And is it something that you hold on to? So this is something that once you kind of switch your thinking from like, I have to salvage this agreement to what's going to protect my interests in this agreement, all right, with Libra being active here, the case could be made that there's something in the paperwork, there's something in the correspondence, there's something in the letter of intent that protects your interests in some way, and you want to use this. You don't want to use it as a threat. You know, you don't want to switch from carrot to stick and start pounding the other person on the rump. Um, what you want to do is cut your losses, but mitigate your losses. You know, okay, they didn't pay for this writing assignment or whatever, but you got a kill fee. You know, you, you get something for having been on the other end of this agreement. This is something that I want you to think about around March 25th and something that should become much more apparent when Mercury turns retrograde. That's your ruling planet, when Mercury turns retrograde about a week later. Libra. You always believed, Libra, that you were in it together. But the lunar eclipse on March 25th shows that you and a partner have two very different ideas of what together Libras take any sort of relationship or partnership seriously. And they see them as a sort of a triptych. There's the Libra, there's the partner, and then there's the relationship itself that bonds the two of them or binds the two of them together to one another. Libras will often do a lot of work of governing the relationship and how it is maintained. Libra may make the sacrifices, the adjustments, things along those lines. It's doing it with the full expectation that the partner is on the other side of the seesaw and they're not going to jump off, that they're going to meet you. Seesaw for seesaw, up for down, down for up, that they're going to be there for you and you're going to be there for them. Now, this feeling that you're no longer together is a strong sentiment, all right? And you might have started picking up on this maybe last October. <clears throat> it's going to be up to you to broach the topic, okay? So in other words, this isn't a time for you to wait for the partner to bring it up, you know, or to drop heavy hints like, you know, when your partner's like, I want to go out tonight again, you know, don't do that. Okay. Just set up a time to sit down with your partner, whether it's a business partner or romantic partner, preferably when they're not running off to work or have just come home, you know, get them at a time where they can focus with you, maybe invite them out for a meal or out for a walk, something along those lines and broach the topic. You know, are we together, because I need to know where we are in our relationship now, all right? And the other person's going to shuffle uncomfortably and uh, not really want to talk about it, but you want to talk about it in that Libran diplomatic way and not that headbutting Aries way, okay? It's not a confrontation. You're not going to, you know, list all the faults and horrible things that were done. And, and you don't want to be Capricorn and pre present them with how much the divorce will cost. <laughs> um, basically, and I'm not even saying there's going to be a divorce. What it is, is that this is a turning point in the relationship itself. 
in which you really need to sort of see what's going on with the other person. What you're going to discover, chances are, is this feeling that they're having, that they're in over their head, you know, that that they're very uncertain about their prospects in life right now. They're very uncertain maybe about their finances or how the two of you are working with one another. You may even hear from this person how they feel like they're failing you in some way, you know, and that they didn't want to bring this up. What I would strongly advise is to be calm and to be reassuring. And in that wonderful way that Librans can be. Librans, their go-to point is always the negotiator or the peacemaker. But you don't make peace with two crummy sides to the equation. You make peace based on a compromise. And remember, a compromise is leaving the table, feeling like you won something and that you lost something. Here, you're building a bridge. And here, you're kind of touching base with someone who feels literally out of it, like the things in their life aren't really coming together or gelling like they used to. So this is going to be a series of conversations, a series of conversations where it actually may be less about your relationship and more about this person unloading about what's going on. In any case, it looks like you should be able to sort of see your way clear with this person, maybe even find a solution to your troubles, but at least you're communicating well, and that should be around April 6th. Scorpio. This lunar eclipse on March 25th is going to be very powerful. Again, it's referencing back to the six months before, late October for you. And this is, again, you're in a situation where you're sizing up your relationship. You need to be forewarned ahead of time that things could unravel and fall apart. Um, this is what lunar eclipses bring. If you're on iffy ground in a relationship, things could unravel or fall apart as far as that relationship is concerned. If that's the case, you may need to be prepared to let this person go, all right? Um, th this is not a time to go Medea on them, you know? This is not the time to be like, Jason, Jason, how could you betray me? You know, let me make your new wife's wedding dress and sew it with poison, you know, and I'll fly away with a dragon after I slay our children. I mean, you, know, you don't want to go full Medea on this, all right? Um, what you want to do is really judge for yourself, does this person want to be here? And do I really want to be here? <laughs> you know, I mean, and to sort of like have that sober conversation with yourself. And what you may want to do, not in a threatening way or an angry or a retaliatory way, but in that Scorpio way. Scorpios have this amazing strength when they're facing truths that other people would be more comfortable lying about. Scorpios have this ability to, <clears throat> once they've seen it, they can accept it, okay? And that's the way it is, all right? And so that's the space that I'm going to ask you to draw upon. Are the two of you really happy together? Are the two of you really bringing out the best in each other? And then what you want to do is open the door, leave the door open for this person to leave, you know, maybe even come forward and say, um, I think it was a good run. We had a nice relationship, but I, I think it's over. I think we need to be bringing things in for a landing. And, um, and the person may say like, yes, I agree. And there you have it. 
and and you're both free of a relationship that wasn't working. Um, but you may also find that this person wants to give it a go. They want to recommit to where the two of you are in your life right now. This isn't promises to be better. This isn't, um, we're going to ignore everything that went before. That never happens with Scorpio. Scorpio remembers everything that's gone before. But it's a recommitment. And if it is indeed a recommitment that this person wants, you have to say to this person, this isn't like rollover minutes, you know, with your iPhone, your smartphone agreement. You know, this isn't, you know, if you didn't use your minutes on this month, you know, they roll over the night. It's not like that. It's a true recommitment. And what you might want is some time apart for a bit, um, some time apart to be angry, some time apart to be upset, some time apart to be depressed and hurt, you know, and maybe after this time apart, maybe, maybe you give it a month, right? You come back together to check in to see where you are. And you may be surprised to find like that space was what you needed to recommit, you know? And if that's indeed the case, you two could wind up falling in love all over again. Something to keep in mind, Scorpio. Sagittarius, this lunar eclipse is going to be beneficial for you. Why? Because of what I was saying earlier. Uh, it, the uh, lunar eclipse is ruled by Venus. Venus is in Pisces. It forms a sextile to Jupiter, your ruling planet, in Taurus. They are in mutual reception of one another, so they are working to one another's mutual benefit. Now, the thing that's going to be challenging here, and it's going to be awkward, and it's going to be quirky, is that Venus and Jupiter are the benefics that are forming a sextile. Sextiles are good. Your ruling planet, Jupiter, is in Taurus. But Taurus and Sagittarius don't have a natural affinity for one another. They kind of like don't get each other. And the way that they don't get each other is, is I mean, let's take the most obvious thing, okay? Taurus likes to set things up in its life. It sets up, you know, its, its plot of land or where it's going to live, and it's going to build on that, and it's going to stay put, you know? And Sagittarius is, I shot an arrow in the air. Where it lands, I know not where. That's why I'm going to gallop off in search of it. Okay, so where Taurus is kind of like terra firma, stay put, you know, build on what I have, Sagittarius is off to another uh country, it's off to explore another culture. If there were interplanetary travel, it would be off to another planet. Okay, Sagittarius kind of has a motto in life, which is anywhere but here. All right, so Sagittarius and Taurus don't have a natural affinity for one another. But because the Venus rules the Taurus, it's in uh, Pisces, which squares your sign and throws its light to the Jupiter, there is a way that you can kind of get this sextile, all right? Now, the sextile would have benefited you more if it were in air and fire signs. Like, for instance, if, you know, the Venus was in Sagittarius and the Jupiter was in Aquarius, that would be, that would benefit you much better. But your ruling planet is still involved in it. It's still forming a propitious relationship to another benefic. You may square Pisces, but you get Pisces. And so it's going to work for you. How is it going to work for you? It looks to me like you're bringing something to an end, like you're bringing something to a conclusion. Or maybe in that period of time that I keep referencing between last October and now, you did conclude something. You did end 
something. Uh, maybe there was a payout and you finally receive it. Maybe there's royalties that you're finally receiving, or maybe you're finally receiving something that you had to chase down the debt or what was owed to you. This is the period of time in which uh, you're going to receive that benefit, but you may have to work a little bit more to get it. You may have to like pay something more to collect it. Um, you may have to, you know, put something more into the uh, kitty. What can also be going on during this uh, period of time is that there may be a kind of like a remodel that's been going on, maybe a remodel in the home or remodeling of your life um, in which, you know, you sunk a lot of money into it. You sunk a lot of energy into this. Uh, you were hopeful the situation would work. And it looks like the situation is going to work. You know, part of you might you know, you still may owe more on it, but it is moving you towards a place where you're going to feel like you're back on solid ground. And so even though it might feel a bit like a mixed blessing, like I still have to pour more money into this, or I still have to like do another legal wrangle. This is telling you that you're really at the, you, you can see the finish line. It's in sight. And to not give up, to see this through. Because a judgment or a resolution is going to be concluded in your favor. Um, and so, so that's something to very much uh, pay attention to. So you're not quite out of the woods, Sagittarius, but you're almost out of the woods. You may have to pay something out to fortify or solidify what you want, but it's worth doing because once you're there, which is probably uh, going to be uh, probably by around April 20th, You'll be there and you'll be like, whew, I'm glad that I that I went the distance when I needed to go the distance. Capricorn. <clears throat> Capricorn, the lunar eclipse on March 25th shows you fulfilling a long-standing obligation. Okay. This could be an assignment. It might have been a pledge, or you might have just paid off a debt. Part of you will be so delighted and relieved that you're on the other side of this, um, that you fulfilled what you owed someone, you know, maybe in terms of a favor or duty, or that you paid off a debt. Um, so what we have with this eclipse in Libra is you're done. You know, this is finished. You are now free, right? This is wonderful news. I mean, Sagittarius it would be like, I'd trade places with you in a New York minute, Capricorn, you know, because to be free would be wonderful. You know, I mean, it speaks to Sagittarius, for instance. But as a Capricorn, being free suddenly feels like you're actually lost, all right? Um, that you don't know what to do with yourself, that that you might feel a bit listless or in your secret thoughts, missing, longing for the obligation that you just completed. This is because Capricorns live very structured lives, you know, where everything's been planned out ahead of time and you know the things that you need to do. And Capricorns are also very obligation defined. They always meet their obligations. They fulfill their obligations and they define themselves by these things. This is how you channel your ruling planet Saturn as the planet of limitations into your life. You like to live within the limits, okay? Doesn't mean that you're limited. It means that the pressures or the obstacles that you come across in your life make you more resourceful and they make you more creative, all right? So now this has come to an end. 
and you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> it's kind of like what happens after that. Now, I've seen many Capricorns immediately go and fill their lives up with new obligations, with new responsibilities, maybe even new debt, you know, because it's a comfort zone. It just makes them feel comfortable. It's like a security blanket with Linus. And that's why I would strongly urge you to not do it. Blanks, empty spaces are good things. Earth signs don't believe in that. Taurus doesn't like them. Virgo doesn't like them. Capricorn doesn't like them. Capricorn really doesn't like them. You know, and, uh, 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 an empty space, a blank, uh, uh, a nothing where something should be. <laughs> but this is one of those rare occasions, Capricorn, in having fulfilled duty that you are faced with an empty canvas called your future. And you don't want to go and take everything from your past and throw it on that empty canvas. What you want to do is sit with that empty canvas. You want to sit with that future and you want to leave it be. Because the more that you sit with it, the more that you um, leave it alone, the more that you'll begin to sort of see a shape or a possibility or how something could go. And when you see these things, and when you feel like they're really solid, sketch them in. You know, all artists work with pencils and charcoal, things that can be erased. You don't start with the painting. Um, but sketch it in and see what it looks like. And then based on that sort of rough shape, that rough draft that you can see of the future, you fill it in as you go along. And that's your way of ensuring that the future that you see is a future that you want to live in. Aquarius, the message of this lunar eclipse in Libra is you cannot live on to-do lists alone. Now, many people might be like Aquarius at a to-do list. That's like, you know, a cat on water skis. Well, actually, Aquarians love their to-do lists. People often forget that one of the rulers of Aquarius is Saturn, and Saturn is very into agendas, schedules, time being saved and maximized, and to-do lists. Recently, Aquarians have gotten bogged down in all those things they have to do, those, those errands they have to fulfill, and they've gotten caught up in, in a lot of these things in their lives. And so they feel like a lot of this is kind of very draining, it's very exhausting, as an air sign, the business of other people will always be your business. And so you're being drawn into these fracases or these disputes or these think tanks or these let's get together and, you know, work our creative energies. And Aquarians are kind of feeling a bit worn out. But what this speaks to more than anything, and if anyone can live on frenetic energy, nervous energy, it's an Aquarius. In fact, Aquarians often forget to eat, sometimes can't sleep, and they can live on just nervous energy alone. Something that you need to keep in mind that this lunar eclipse is showing you is that you need more in your life. You need something in your life that speaks to your mind, and you need something in your life that speaks to your spirit. It's kind of like a higher purpose. Uh, something that you're living for and not something that you're racing to catch up to. And so 
this eclipse might start to open up bigger questions in your life, philosophical questions in your life. And Aquarius is always into a, you know, big concept, but usually the concepts that Aquarians can be into are abstract concepts or mathematical, you know, formulas, something along those lines. And this is more spiritual. This is more speaking to you, uh, the higher you, because Aquarians are always thinking in terms of their higher selves, but a part of you that's kind of lost its sense of direction in a way. Part of this happened with Pluto's entrance into your sign. And this eclipse in Libra may actually be um, exacerbating that sense of, of wandering or the landmarks looking familiar like they once did, or your accomplishments not carrying the fulfillment that they once did. So what I would strongly um, recommend to you is as you struggle with these uh, <clears throat> higher questions in your life, um, be open to what the universe is tossing out at you in terms of invites or opportunities or even coincidences. So you may receive sort of signals from the universe on April 5th, April 11th, and April 19th. Now, I'm not promising you a burning bush here, you know, where you're going to hear a disembodied voice, you know, call upon you to go off on the spiritual path in your life. And <clears throat> nor are you going to go to sleep on a rock and, and angels will descend and ascend a, a, a ladder to heaven. It's not going to be anything along those lines. But what could manifest on these dates might be an invitation to join a I don't know, a meditation class, a spiritual group, or maybe even enroll in a philosophy course, something which is off the beaten track of your typical day-to-day -day life and something that affords a kind of like getaway in a way, something that's going to stimulate your mind and your spirit and get you out of that kind of day-to-day -day grind. It also could be something in which what I like about this is the idea of you meeting and fraternizing with people who aren't regular parts of your day-to-day -day life, you know, that they're not friends that you see every day, colleagues that you see every day, employees or employers that you see every day. When you sign up for a course or a workshop or something like this, you meet up with people who are like-minded, you know, like you, but you haven't met them before. And so there's that wonderful opportunity to learn about their lives and to learn about their stories and to see how they have grappled with these questions and what has brought them into your life. So this is something that might begin as a, oh, how am I going to schedule this type of thing? But uh, a month from now, you may be really quite delighted with the discoveries that you are making. And finally, Pisces. How is this lunar eclipse in Libra going to impact Pisces? Well, as I said, the ruler of the lunar eclipse is Venus, and Venus is the planet of love and beauty, and she is currently exalted in your zodiac sign um, <clears throat> that she's traveling through. So this is wonderful. This is bringing people into your life, and um, if it's not bringing in new people, it's refreshing or restoring old associations or familiar friendships in a way. So Venus in Pisces is really wonderful. She's ruled by Jupiter in Taurus. Uh, which means that for all of the emotional joy and glee and exhilaration and creative whims that Pisces can bring, the sextile with Jupiter is going to insist or bring about a solid result. 
So Venus and Pisces might think about wanting to meet that person that they're crushing on. The Jupiter in Taurus will seal the deal. It will ensure that you do meet that person that you're crushing on, or that you do make that sale, or that you do that purchase, that you act on what your vision, on what you imagine to be. And so this is always a wonderful thing for Pisces. Um, the two planets, the two benefics are sextiling one another, which is good, but they're also in mutual reception. Uh, Venus rules Taurus, which is the sign that Jupiter is in. Jupiter is the planet of good fortune and higher purpose. And Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces, which is the sign that uh, Venus is in. And so there's a mutual reception. Jupiter also happens to be your traditional ruler, Pisces. So this is really pointing to you experiencing a material result of this particular sextile. In other words, good things are going to come to you through other people, and that will probably be through some sort of sale or some sort of purchase uh, because of the proximity in the area of the solar chart that these planets are showing up in. What you may also experience is that someone that you did a favor for in the past uh, repays that favor to you, you know, at a time that you could really use it, you know. Um, but it may also be like smaller, more subtler things. Um, like, for instance, let's say you currently rent a basement apartment. Um, something in the next couple of weeks uh, may occur in which uh, someone vacates something on the premises and you're able to move from a basement apartment to a, an apartment that's higher up, you know, so that's a good thing. Or maybe you put up your house for sale and uh, you do really well with it and that allows you to move into a bigger and a larger house or one with a yard that you've always dreamed of. So there's a kind of relocating or repositioning energy that's going on with this. Again, uh, because we're dealing with the lunar eclipse in Libra, this may be the result of someone else having experienced some misfortune. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe the person in the upstairs apartment got fired and now they have to like downscale and go somewhere else and, and you come into it. Or maybe someone had to like give their house away in a fire sale or something like that and you benefit from that as well. Um, so there's going to be a little tinge of that eclipse energy of something being removed or taken from the table, which eclipse energies can often be connected to. Um, but this will ultimately benefit you. It may make you feel a little guilty or a little bad about what went down. And there's nothing stopping you from helping that person out or having a consoling conversation or making yourself at their disposal in some sort of way. Uh, Pisces can be very good with paying those karmic debts and being there for someone who's going through a very, very troubling time. But with what might have been a cost or loss for someone else, because of the position of these two benefics, the Venus in your sign, forming a sextile to the Jupiter in Taurus, it will end up producing something good for you and something solid and something for you to be really quite thankful and appreciative of. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this rundown of the lunar eclipse through all 12 signs of the zodiac. And I look forward to seeing you next month. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, 
review and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.